Our first lesson comes to us from the book of Psalms. The writer celebrates God's kindness and reminds us that all of us are cared for by our loving creator. Listen to God's word as it comes to us from Psalm 145. The Lord is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love. The Lord is good to all, and his compassion is over all that he has made. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. The eyes of all look to you, and you give them their food in due season. You open your hand, satisfying the desire of every living thing. The Lord is just in all his ways and kind in all his doings. The word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Our second lesson comes to us from the first letter of John, the fourth chapter, beginning with the seventh verse. Listen again to God's word. Beloved, let us love one another because love is from God. Everyone who loves is born of God and knows God. Whoever does not love does not know God, for God is love. God's love was revealed among us in this way. God sent his only son into the world so that we might live through him. And this is love, not that we loved God, but that God loved us and sent his son to be the atoning sacrifice for our sins. Beloved, since God loved us so much, we also ought to love one another. No one, no one has ever seen God. But if we love one another, God lives in us. And love is perfected, that is, love is made complete, made whole in us. By this we know that we abide in God and God in us because God has given us of the Spirit. And we have seen and we do testify that the Father has sent the Son as Savior of the world. So we have known and we believe the love that God has for us. God is love. God is love and those who abide in love abide in God and God abides in them. There is no fear in love, but perfect love, complete love casts out fear. We love because God first loved us. Those who say, I love God and hate their brothers or sisters are liars. <laughs> For those who do not love a brother or sister whom they have seen, 
cannot love God whom they have not seen. The commandment we have from God is this. Those who love God must love their brothers and sisters also. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Will you pray with me? Oh God, open our hearts that we indeed may feel your presence with us, may be moved by your love, may be touched by your spirit, and may be transformed by your living word this day. And may all God's people say, Amen. Just last Sunday evening, I had the privilege of presiding at a wedding right here in our church. B. Mwengela and John Lee were finally able to be wed in holy matrimony. The pandemic had curtailed their gathering for many, many months, even, even a small group of family and friends until now. But the joy we felt, Dan was here, he knows this, Anne was here, she felt it too, that joy was so profound and so deep. Her family, her family were lifelong Presbyterians from Cameroon. I actually exchanged stories with her father about when did the mission workers come to Cameroon the way they did in Turkey and made my family Presbyterian. <laughs> His family, Asian Americans now living in Texas, and their beloved friends from different seasons of their lives, 30 or more of them gathered right here at long last to celebrate their beloved marriage. Honestly, we often think of love in terms of romance and marriage, family and children. I was really touched by how many of the kids today talked about their families as a source of love. How encouraging, how encouraging is that? But of course, family is not the only way that God's love manifests itself. And that is good news for us, for all of us, not only for those whose families are more painful than perfect, but because as God has shared with us in this living word today, God is love not just our families. God is love. Today, I want to explore all the ways that God's love shows up in the world and what difference it really makes. Well, to put it via negativa, God's presence isn't captured 
in a confession or a creed. I know that's blasphemous as a Presbyterian. God, God isn't trademarked by an institution or restricted to a building, which means that what God wants most from us is not to perfect our statement of faith. It's not primarily to serve on committees. It's not to perfect our musical performance, sorry, <laughs> or even our Bible study. Now, all of those things can, and I would say do, contribute to support the work of love. But they're not the final point. Or as my favorite Zen expression says it, never confuse the finger pointing to the moon with the moon. All of our work, all of our efforts, all of our offerings in the end should be in the service of love. So where do we start? It may be hard for us overachievers to admit, but the practice begins, scripture tells us, with acknowledging that we can only love because God has first loved us. Too often, when we hear passages like today's psalm, we think of God's love for the neediest. The Lord upholds all who are falling and raises up all who are bowed down. Those poor people who have fallen, we think. But the truth is, the hard truth is that all of us Every single one of us has been in a place where we desperately needed God's love. And we wouldn't be here today without it. God's love raised us up after we crumbled in pain. God's love raised us up when we toppled from the ladder of success. God's love raised us up when our hearts were broken in grief. God's love raised us up when we were overcome by shame or hopelessness. Remembering our own pain isn't isn't self-pitying or self-centered. Remembering our own pain and redemption isn't about making comparisons. Remembering is a way of setting down our pride, of setting down our pride and replacing it with gratitude and compassion. We love because God first loved us. So I want to pause right now and invite you to remember. 
to remember a time when you had fallen and you were lifted up, to remember how alone you may have felt or how stuck in the darkness or how impossible it seemed to ever have a future and a hope again. And then, and then remember this, how somehow someone or many someones saw you in your distress, took notice of you, and reached out with their hand, their heart, their hope, to pull you to your feet again. Remember how it felt to have the love of God flow through them into you like a blood infusion coursing life back into your veins again. In this is love. We love. We can only love because God first loved us. And then in turn, and then we must love others too, sharing the love that we have known and seen and felt. For above all, that is what God desires in us and for us and through us. As scripture says, if we love one another, God lives in us. And, and God's love is perfected, made complete in us. Every single time we practice love, God's love is strengthened in us. It may seem like a ridiculous analogy, but sports come to mind. The more a pitcher practices throwing the ball, the stronger their pitch becomes. The more frequently a basketball player throws to the net, the more accurate their throw becomes. And so it is with the practice of love. The, the more we train ourselves to love, the stronger God's love becomes in us. 
Now the practice of love, this practice of love can take many, many different forms. Love can take the form of hands-on mission, like collecting food for the hungry or handing out manna bags to an unhoused stranger. God's love can take the form of connecting people to the resources they need, like the elder care program Adult Ed is sponsoring today, or the countless, countless ways that Mark Jones knows just where to direct someone who needs mental health services or transitional housing or legal aid for themselves or someone they love. God's love can take the form of welcoming a newcomer maybe at work or a 12-step program or on a school bus or in church. Love can take the form of advocacy for racial equity or economic opportunity or heavy on my heart these days, radical changes in our approach to climate change. And here in our church, love can take the form of working faithfully, patiently, diligently behind the scenes on committees so that love can keep flowing and not get stopped. And close to home, God's love can take the form of our forgiveness to a loved one who hurt us or encouragement to a friend who is falling or even a second chance for ourselves. The Lord upholds all who are falling. The Lord raises up all who are bowed down. And sometimes it takes the form of our own hands and feet and hearts and minds and voices. It's so fitting that we focus on love this day on Deacon Sunday, when we celebrate the service of these particular members of our church, for it is their calling, as Kelly shared, to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ in delivering flowers and calling on the homebound or the forgotten or reaching out even to the stranger and serving to ensure that we have communion elements to break bread with one another when it's time. But their calling isn't just that. It isn't just to show the love and justice of Jesus Christ, but to urge all of us to do the same. I especially love the vow that deacons take when they're ordained, a vow that we had printed on the front of your bulletin so that everyone could take it to heart today. 
Will you be a faithful deacon, teaching charity, urging concern, and directing the people to help the friendless and those in need? I know the deacons take this vow, but in the end, isn't that really the calling for all of us? As people through whom the love of God appears. Amen.